0: Greetings, Meltopians! If you've become enthralled by the dark wastes and nightscapes of Meltopia, and want to further explore its Stygian depths, consider joining our Patreon. For two dollars a month you could become a Meltopian. And gain access to the darkest artworks, as well as written mythos pieces contained in the Melgrim entries in Maltopia's own dark encyclopedia, and the legendary Corpus Diabolos, an elite publication containing essays written by the most esteemed dark scholars. For five dollars a month, become a feared mailsayer, and gain early access to episodes on the Maltopia and Sleepwake Cycle podcasts, and listen to new episodes of our audio series, Tales of Maltopia: The Lost Library. And the Weird Book. And for $10 a month, join the ranks of the MalSapien, where you can listen to our Patreon exclusive podcast, October's Children, as well as gain access to found recordings discovered throughout the world in The Weird Tapes. But if you're not ready to delve into the pitch just yet, and would rather swim the shallows to test the blackened waters, you can explore our public page which contains our entire backlog of Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and the Weird Book, episodes from the Meltopia Podcast, which all together number over a hundred episodes. So, whether you want to become a full denizen of the dark, or simply peruse the public archives, come visit us at patreon.com forward slash Meltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. Now, was shocked today as police arrived to investigate two grizzly blind witnesses say the women's feet were sewn together at the bottoms, of the stairs to include mere images of each other. This the minister and someone who is the witness to the law of Mr. Laird's work to be trained in
2: My sisters were innocents in all of this, carved from the cleanest darkness. They smiled of the softest love for blood, spilled only for fun and family. I couldn't bring them before our father, not like this, as the Lord of Secrets hedged his bets by flooding the hallway with more of his madness-transformed orderlies. I thrust my sisters into the metamorphosed flesh of two of the nearest abominations. Instantly my sisters' sweet smiles transferred themselves from steel and bone to insanity-infected flesh, their new bodies dripping with the honeyed and horrible laughter of the devil's children. They were beyond Tom's reach as they were absent of worldly complexity having long since chosen to fill their minds only with the brightest, sharpest thoughts a child could kill with. As for my father and me, our battle would commence in earnest, and our weapons would be will and strength alone. But first, I would have to relieve him of his weapon, for its lightest touch promised death. The axe, now no longer the seat of my father's spirit, moved with prehistoric brutality, smashing about furiously, <clears throat> ceaselessly. Yet behind the apparently unrefined violence worked the minds of two slaughter-honed monsters, each one's wit whetted upon the broken bones of countless victims. With each swing of the giant weapon, my death drew closer and closer. With the reality-defying red dream fully joined, I watched my father's seething indignation turn to actual fire, which poured upwards and spilled across the ceiling. Pent within those raging flames was visible the shape of my father's ruined face, filled with fury and stretched apart by the smile of a horned god. I found a drifting patch of shadow and called it into my service. Moving the itinerant darkness between myself and the deadly axe. I then discovered a surging vein of silence that had been concentrated by the surrounding cacophony, and I quickly submerged myself into its ghostly rhythms, disappearing into the collected quiet. My sisters sugarcoated the scene with wild laughter and the squeals of dying monstrosities. My God! How beautiful the two of them were, free and feral, laughing, killing, and dancing for the love of their dearest brother. They spun and leapt as they called out to our father.
0: Unburden yourself of your secret, father, and join us. What good is a secret but to ruin those who keep them? Secrets want to be told. Look at what fun our sweet brother has given to us. Look at us, father. Look at us killing, and dancing, and singing. Hurry and join us before we've used them all up, and there's nothing left for you.
2: My father's burning eyes looked to his deadly daughters, where they played with death like two clever cats toying with wounded rodents. His envy ran thicker than the fire that poured from his dead flesh. It was then that I struck springing from the shadow in silence, seizing the handle of his axe and tearing it from his momentarily distracted grip. But as his axe went crashing to the floor, my father's fist collided with my face, detonating across my skull like solid thunder. His strength was monstrous. My own fist answered his bone cracking attack by smashing open his dead flaming mouth. Despite his hatred at being used as a puppet, I could see that he thrilled at the prospect of a good fistfight. Tom Hush rudely violated the purity of our contest, smiling words into my father's burning,
1: broken mouth. What secrets your father could tell you, boy? My goodness, what a horrible and wonderful thing that mother of yours was. That is, of course if she is indeed your mother. I could feel Tom's
2: hand moving around inside my mind, seeking out a secret for the seizing. I felt his power wash through me. Then,
1: he found something. What's this? Tell me, who were all those children in cages? Who put them in there, I wonder? Care to tell me? I only
2: half remembered what he was referencing, but his claim over me increased with each pass of his hand across the emerging face of the tarnished memory. Tom forced my arms down to my sides, allowing my father's blazing fist to crash into me, crushing my left eye into wet, pulpy blindness. Tom bellowed through my father's fire-breathing mouth. Who put them in the cages, Donald? My name. He had found it. He was running amok through my mind, carelessly flinging secrets to the wind like a child pillaging a toy box. Strangely, I found myself trying to mentally reinforce the barriers around the secreted memory, though I wanted nothing more than to see through the fog and a light upon the truth, horrible or not. My father carefully studied my face, even as he went about destroying it, blow after bone smashing blow. But I could tell that the eyes which now looked upon me belonged only to my father, and something powerful was stirring deep within them. Another layer to the hidden memory was torn away beneath a storm of Tom's laughter, and a terrible knowledge began to trickle into my once ruined recollection. I remembered that the cages were filled with little muses. I also remembered paintings, such beautiful paintings, filling the walls of a wine cellar. I remember looking out at it all from my own cage, which hung from the ceiling by a rusty chain. He put us in there. Before the memory could reach its terminus, my father roared like never I've heard, his stolen body freezing, disallowing even the slightest twitch. He was trying to fight back the Secret Eater's grip. Tom only laughed at my father's efforts. But perhaps sensing change in the wind, the God-thing chose to rip my memory free of its prison, rather than to wait for the slow process of painful recollection to conclude its awful course. A man's voice emerged into the blacked-out spaces of my mind.
1: Donald, what a fine collection of cherubs you've led me to. That raw sugar of innocence. Oh, how I admire the sweet crudity of childhood, its vast potential mixed with little limbs and soft skin. They will do nicely, my boy, very, very nicely indeed. There's a showing next month in a gallery not far from here, and my mind is already alive with the art from another world. Those lovely little ones will brighten my paints and bless my canvas, allowing dreams to flow like blood from the deepest wound, and all the world will love me for it."
2: My blood trembled as poison memories began to master my body. What had he done to me? What had I done? The man's voice belonged to no one I could clearly remember. Tom was laughing again, holding my secret in his hand and squeezing it over my head, allowing its terrible juices to fall all over me, seasoning my soul for the eating. I knew that once I remembered completely, I would be over. Just an unhappy tenant of Tom Hush's churning bowels.
1: Poor little Donald, all alone with your terrible truth. No mother to whisper to you, no fiery father to save you. Your sisters all but lost to their darkest passions. Where, oh where has your family gone, family man?
2: (laughs) Tom almost sang the words. I looked to where my sisters whirled and laughed, splattered with death having forgotten me within their wild red dance. I moved my eyes to my father, where he struggled against the power of his captor, apparently in vain. I was almost entirely the property of the antlered god. I was no longer a wolf, but merely a caged animal, and not for the first time, it would appear. I could feel the finale of my once forgotten memory fast approaching as the maw of Tom Hush widened. I could feel myself falling across the bloodied altar of ancient stone, where man sacrifices to the horned god of darkest secrets.
1: Children are merely the larval dead, Donald waiting to bloom into full-fledged corpses, dried and colorless. While in that larval phase, they are fat with the stolen nectars of lost dreams. They conserve it, I now believe, for their long crawl across the face of the dead world, finally draining the last of that wonderful elixir to grow transparent wings and forever worry at the flaccid and rotten bosom of Mother Death. It's a rather sad and senseless journey, really. But it's that rote effort that supplies us, you and I, with the brittle bones of our frailest hope. We take their burden from them, you see, ending their painful, protracted, and wholly pointless metamorphosis. And unlike them, we employ that potential to a purposeful end. We create wonder. Like the magician devil, standing upon the shore of the burning lake, dipping his fiery hand into a bottomless black hat, we conjure flowers for the damned. This is our art, Donald. To spite the world by painting all the corpses the color of dreams, and to defy death with the beauty from another world. Just you and me, my boy. "'Am I ever going into the gallery? "'I can feel myself getting older. "'I don't want to go to waste.' "'Oh, yes, certainly. "'But not just yet. "'I still have need of you in this world, "'my little wolf in sheep's clothing. "'After all, I must have supplies "'if I'm to conjure miracles. "'Why do all the other children hate me? "'Is it because I trick them like you taught me "'to make art for the artless?' It's because they don't understand the importance of what we're doing. They are such little flies anyway. The lowest hanging fruit, really. You shouldn't pay them any mind. They'll thank you once they've gone into the gallery. I promise you. I had a dream last night. I dreamt that Mother was coming to visit us. But she looked different. Really different. She was dressed in the prettiest fire, and when I hugged her, I didn't even burn. She said she was coming to see you, and that she was going to give me a new father. Oh, and I had little sisters, too. You should have seen how they smiled at me. Can Mother even come back from the gallery?
2: I woke up. I was standing in the middle of a hallway choked with red debris. My father was in my right hand, covered in steaming blood, and my sisters were asleep at my sides, exhausted. Every muscle in my body burned, and I could hear the echo of my father's terrible laughter disappearing into the inner darkness where he waited to lay his giant hands upon the world. On the other side of my senses... There was the smell of burning flowers, my mother's perfume. As I stood in stunned silence, mentally pushing away my incipient and desperate curiosity, I watched the pale hands of moonlight struggle through the gore-sprayed windows, sifting through the devastation, slightly reddened by their journey beyond the blood. I could feel the killing dream lingering over me. Tom Hush was still alive and nearby. I heard a vehicle start. I ran in the direction of the sound, toward a barred window. As I dashed across the corpse-littered floor, I heaped darkness and silence upon the raw, reopened memory, hoping to drown it away forever. The sound of my flesh overcoming steel bars and concrete did well to mute the shouting children, cursing me. The ruin of the wall was swept up in my wake, following me out upon the rooftop, three stories above the ground. The reawakened memory was right behind me, burning with a merciless recollection. Below, I could see a single pair of headlights piercing the night. I leapt into the darkness. My father stretched out in front of me. Forsaking silence, I roared through my parched throat. A sound like thunder falling down a mountain. I watched my shadow soar across the pavement beneath me, framed in moonlight, closing on what I quickly recognized as an ambulance. My father and I crashed through the cab of the vehicle, my body raked by the riven steel and glass. The back of the vehicle smashed down upon the road from the weight of my fall, calling up a geyser of sparks. Glass and steel fragments were still turning through the air when I returned my father to his rest. I plunged my open hand through the small window into the driver's compartment. My fingers closed over the intervening steel partition, tearing away the divider as if it were paper, revealing the driver, a hapless professor of folklore, overfilled with the unwholesome essence of a god of secrets. Tom Hush produced a handgun and emptied its contents into my direction. He laughed hysterically, calling out to me above the din of
1: screaming sundered steel and shrieking rubber. Do you feel their hatred, Donald? Their righteous rage reaching out from your own broken mind, demanding retribution. The god's aim was
2: terrible. A shot struck something volatile behind me, causing it to explode, splashing fire, glass, and serrated steel into my back. I didn't care. The ambulance careened out of control and skidded into a tight knot of traffic. The weight of the barreling vehicle prevailed over the smaller cars caught within its zigzagging path, smashing them into the moonlit darkness where they wheeled and corkscrewed. The impact hurled me through the windshield, but not before I caught hold of Tom. We tumbled through space, my fingers passing through the flesh of his shoulder and alighting upon the bones that broke like twigs beneath my grip. My other hand punched through the hood of the flaming ambulance, catching us before we could be thrown from it completely. The roar of the engine spoke of a pinned accelerator as we screamed through the wreckage and continued barreling through the streets. I drew the god close to me and growled. I will crush whatever lives you hide behind, creature, until there is only yours left to kill. This, I promise you." Tom's stolen face twisted into a blistering expression of hatred that outstripped his host's ability to articulate. The pale coating of the erudite professor's face was shred into gory flaps of hanging flesh, revealing the death mask the antlered god was far better known for wearing. When the meat of his face had all but retreated from his cleft, glistening skull, Tom's cracked teeth and bloody tongue came together around the words of his counterproposal. And I will forget your name moments after you fail, little killer. <laughs> Before I could sink Tom's new face into the steel of the vehicle's hood, the ambulance struck an oversized truck and flipped rolling over and over, finally crashing through the glass facade of a luxury hotel. It came to rest within its glittering lobby, and I finally relinquished my grip upon vehicle and god. I rose from the conflagration, glaring at the antlered god standing only inches from me. His wavering smile was barely serviced by his scarcely remaining flesh. More gunshots rang out as Tom produced another handgun. Bullets roared through my mangled and smoking flesh, and still, I did not care. I didn't care about the shepherd's game or the approaching police sirens at my back. Not even the terrible memory that burned through the halls of my mind gave me pause. All I desired was currently backpedaling away from me in the ruined skin of a folklorist who wondered how a simple man could rise from a blood-stained altar bearing fire and vengeance against the gods.